An average day. It was supposed to be an average day for Melrose Plotkins. The wind was so wild it woke him up before his alarm. He got up to find his electric toothbrush was out of battery and he accidentally knocked his toothpaste into the toilet. None of his clothes fit right. They were all too snug. He'd been eating a lot of takeout since his refrigerator broke. That morning all he could find was expired bran cereal in his pantry. Despite having a sufficient gastrointestinal system, he had some with weak old almond milk. The milk didn't taste spoiled, but every bite came with the fear that he might have an accident on his way to work once again. He petted his dog Daniel goodbye and headed to his Hyundai Santa Fe in the garage. The garage wouldn't open electronically, so he had to manually open and close it. Once he was safely in his car, the gaslight turned on. He had enough gas to get to work, but not enough to get back, so he decided to stop on the way. All the pumps were full. There were so many cars in the lot that the drivers had to play Tetris to move around. He waited almost six minutes to reach a spot. Once he did, he realized that his fuel filler wasn't on the driver's side of the car. Melrose put his credit card in the slot and it didn't come out. He went inside to tell the teller. She rolled her eyes and gave him a credit for $15, informing him to return in a day's time to retrieve the card. It was his only card, as his backup card had been stolen by a co-worker the week before. He thought that maybe he would tell his boss, but instead stared at the unleaded button. It had a green X over it, so he pushed for super. When he pulled out the nozzle, gasoline poured all over his new white shoes. He strained himself to pull the gas line to the other side of the car. Once he finally secured it, he realized the man one pump over was smoking a cigarette. He wanted to call for him to put it out, but he feared he'd put it on the ground and the whole place would catch in flames. So he said nothing. The drive to work felt longer than usual. His windows wouldn't roll down, so it felt as though he was inhaling gasoline. Winds continued to be stronger than the ones that woke him up in the morning, and his car shifted between lanes out of his control. A pickup truck nearly sideswiped him, and he had an accident. In his pants. The damn brand cereal and expired milk had struck again. It would be the only good fortune in Melrose's day that he had an extra pair of pants and underwear in his trunk just in case this ever happened to him again. He pulled over to the shoulder to change. The last time he tried changing in his works parking lot, someone reported him to the boss for masturbating. He wasn't. In fact, compared to most men, Melrose rarely did it all. Maybe once a month and if he was feeling ill an extra time because he once read that masturbation was good for the immune system. Anyway, Melrose got his underwear and pants on without a hitch. The wind slowed down and he made his way to work. He was the head salesman in the eyeglass shop of a doctor's office called America's Vision. There was a note on his desk that the head doctor wanted to talk to him when he arrived. So he headed over to Dr. Schmickle's office after he set down his coat on his chair and cleaned off a few pairs of sample frames that had clients' fingerprints all over them. The truth was that Plotkins had been attempting to develop a glass that didn't smudge, smear, or crack. It was a pet project of his since he was 18 years old. Now 43 and a half a million dollars in debt, no one knew how close he was to changing the glasses industry forever. What Plotkins didn't know was that someone was going to break into his house that afternoon and steal his invention. On Melrose's walk over to Dr. Schmickle's office, he passed Christine. Her presence was the best part of working at America's Vision. She always gave him a smile, always said hello, and always asked, 
How are you doing, Melrose? It's a pretty good day, Melrose would always say back. I wish I had your attitude, she said back with a smile. How are the kids, he would ask, thinking someday they'd be his own. They're swell, said Christine. Michael's finally off the training wheels and Lexi. I think Lexi might have a boyfriend she's not telling me about. Those cute middle school crushes. Those cute middle school crushes, said Melrose, thinking of his own. Christine had been involved with an optometrist named Dr. Alvey that recently left the practice. He was married when their affair began. Things got so intense that Dr. Alvey apparently told Christine that he would leave his wife for her. One day, Christine showed up to his house with a sort of sad desperation while Dr. Alvey was having dinner with his wife. He played it all cool until they got in a yelling match and he slapped her across the face a few times. She bruised up quite a bit. Neither of them showed up to work for a week or so. Melrose thought he'd never see Christine again, but she came back. Dr. Alvey didn't. The whole thing blew over because the only people who knew about it were the two involved, Dr. Schmickle and Melrose. Melrose was the one who drove Christine to his home. He was also the one who called the police and had Dr. Alvey sent to jail for the night. Come into my office, said Dr. Schmickle to Melrose, and shut the door behind you. Sure thing, Doc, he said as he shut the door behind him. It seems the office has found out about Dr. Alvey. I haven't said anything. I can't imagine that he would after the restraining order, so that means either you or Christine have been talking. Sir, I would never do anything to jeopardize this practice. That's what I thought, which means it must be Christine. I'm going to have to fire her. Dr. Schmickle, she's a wonderful worker, one of your best. I know you're fond of her. We all know. She knows too, which is why I've decided you're going to be the one to fire her. Melrose turned beet red. Sir, I would advise against that. I'm aware that you were in optometry school and only had a few credits left before graduating but had to give it up to care for your dying father. If you do this for me, if you show your loyalty, then it would be in my best interest to help you complete your degree and become an optometrist here, at this office. You can't be serious, sir. When am I not serious? I don't know. Why don't you think about it? Fire her by the end of the day and we have a deal. Melrose headed straight to the lunchroom. It was barely 9 in the morning, but he decided he was going to take his lunch break early to think. That was when he realized he had forgotten to pack a lunch for the day. So he sat with his stomach grumbling and his mind rumbling. Christine was the only reason he got to work on time. It didn't matter if she ever loved him. What mattered was that he could love her. He could envision a life with her. That vision was the closest thing to happiness he would ever have. He was harnessing onto her presence with such great strength that she walked into the lunchroom to fill her water bottle. They locked eyes for a moment before Melrose looked down in shame. Something wrong? asked Christine. Christine, you think you could sit down for a minute? She looked down to her watch and then to the blinking green lights above the sink. Sure, Melrose, I've got a minute. Melrose adjusted his tie while Christine sat before him. They gave each other a peculiar look. There was a fear in both of their eyes. He could explain his, but she didn't understand hers at all. What's going on, Melrose? Have you ever been in love? Of course, you know I have. I've only been in love once, said Melrose. Who would that be with? You, of course. Oh, Melrose, I knew this day would come. You've been looking forward to this day? 
You misunderstand me, Melrose. Make me understand, Christine. You're my office buddy, Melrose. You'll always be my office buddy. All of Melrose's dreams became undone in that instant. He felt squished, stretched, and twisted all at once. It wasn't that he was going to have another accident on his way home, though there was that possibility. It was that he realized his life was an accident itself. Christine, I have to fire you. She broke out laughing. Melrose would often say strange things in attempts to flirt without realizing he was being strange at all. You're funny, Melrose. I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. You're fired. What kind of joke is this? She asked. Dr. Schmickle has hired me as the new optometrist starting next year, and part of that job includes firing people, and you're fired. Christine stood up. What are you talking about? What about my kids? I don't know. I'm just doing what I was told to do. The thought of killing himself crossed Melrose's mind as Christine screamed and spit into his face. He imagined ripping his soiled pants and spooling them into a rope. The rope would wrap around his neck and he would slip off a chair dangling, just dangling into oblivion from the top of the building. Are you even listening to me, Melrose? Can you repeat yourself, he asked. Is this because of Dr. Alvey? I'm just the messenger, Christine. I'm just the messenger. Before Christine could respond, Melrose soiled himself. Dr. Schmickle let him go home early, but he could feel deep down that he wasn't ever going to come back. So he took a box packed his stuff, and stole a pair of his favorite frames to have outfitted at a different location. He'd probably go to the mall optical. He'd need something for dinner anyway, and the mall had the best pretzels. The truth was that next to Christine, mall food courts were his favorite thing in the entire world. The drive home was rather ordinary, other than Melrose's beating desire to tie a noose around his neck. It was the chewing of the soft, buttery cinnamon of the pretzel in his mouth that kept the ride going. When he arrived home, he opened the door slowly so Daniel wouldn't run out into the garage. Daniel jumped up on Melrose and licked his face and wagged his tail. He was so happy to see his master. It had been a stressful day for Daniel all alone. He was extra thirsty, so he drank all his water in the morning for the first time ever. Also, his ball got stuck under the couch and he couldn't fetch it. And then because he drank too much water, he peed all over the floor. None of this mattered to Melrose, though. No, none of it. He was just happy to feel so loved. Story 27, An Average Day, is anything but an average day. In fact, it's the worst possible day that Melrose Plotkins could live. Except in the end when he gets to see his dog and everything's okay. Uh, I can't really tell you where this story comes from because it may or may not come from real life and I don't want to get anyone in trouble. So I'll say it's fabricated. Poof! It's like a rabbit pulled from a hat. It's magic. Next up is story 28, The One-Hit Wonder. The One-Hit Wonder. It heavily involves the song Escape, the Pina Colada song by Rupert Holmes. If you like pina coladas... And getting caught in the rain. Anyway, uh, that song is heavily involved in a few more stories coming up, so I sure hope you like it. It's not like you're going to hear it playing, but, you know, it's involved, so maybe you'll look it up and listen, because you'll get used to being it being a part of your life. All right, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the Pina Colada song. I hope you enjoy these stories. And coming up is Story 28, The One-Hit Wonder.
Thanks for listening. Bye.